This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Sarah Rowe, or you may know her as Sarah Logan, is exactly the kind of person that we need as an advocate for the hunting lifestyle. You see, Sarah Rowe is a professional WWE wrestler. She's on hiatus right now. She's had a baby boy, but she was in the WWE Smackdown and Raw on mainstream television from 2016 up until 2020. And she's a hunter and she's a hunter that absolutely understands why she does what she does. This podcast will illustrate that to a T. These are the kinds of conversations that we need to have more of here at Blood Origins mainstream influencer conversations that push a hunting message a narrative about why we hunt into a much broader non-hunting based audience uh where where are you right now i am uh near cleveland ohio in an undisclosed location near there it was such such like intrigue right out of the gate an undisclosed location don't worry about uh, it we're north do you think let me ask this like legitimately 
if you gave your location away, would you have a bunch of like crazy fans show up? Not a bunch of crazy ones, but there might be a couple like psychotic ones, maybe. <laughs> like like we've had female wrestlers before, like people like show up with like knives and rope what? and duct tape and like police were called and yeah. So and where I live, like if you come here and my life is threatened, like one of us ain't leaving kind of thing. So like the response time where I live for the police right. is not good. So Right. Right, right. My neighbors are my uh my backup. <laughs> That's it. So let me ask this question because this is something I and, and firstly I'm I'm honored and humbled to talk to you because you're the kind of individual that I need to talk to and we need to get sort of uh, into the community that follows you, okay? Mm-hmm. You are what I call a mainstreamer. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's true. You you don't live in the hunting world. You don't live in the outdoor community. You live in a yes. separate community. Yes, um, I'm trying to bring people from my community that don't know anything about outdoor hunting and convert them into at least supporters of what we do. Like you don't have to do it. Just don't hate it and shit on it. You know? Yeah. Hundred percent. One thousand percent. Can you not just like talk to all of the celebrities in Hollywood for me, please? it's it's like i've i've legit like i had a uh my first ever wrestling jacket was this camo thing i cut up and I, like i sewed a coyote fur onto it it's like super like and i was i was backstage at wb and one of the writers was like i hate hunting and i was like okay why yeah <laughs> exactly we why this, yeah we went to this whole thing and she's like i should think it's right and i was like i was like well actually like hunting does a lot like do you like national parks like do you like you know, like a lot of things that uh, that you're like a lot of your tax dollars don't go towards national parks. Like that's my hunting license. That's me supporting hunting. And, and she's like, oh, I didn't know that. I never thought about it that way. And I was like, amazing. And and then you always get like, oh, no, no, no. I, I don't mind what you do because, you know, I'm very big about hunting for meat. And they're like, I just want trophy hunters. I'm like, what do you define as a trophy hunter? Like that's like because I have a deer mounted in my living room doesn't mean I didn't use the meat. Like that's just the mm-hmm. skin and a piece of foam. Like is that mm-hmm. a trophy hunter to you? Or like, what are we, mm-hmm. what are we talking? Sarah Rowe, time- you just became the blood origin spokesman or spokeswoman. Sorry. Let me, let me call oh, you spokeswoman. You. I'm honored. And, and let me throw your ponytail over your shoulder because you're wearing one of our favorite company shirts. Oh, me and Ray both have the shirt on. Representing Montana yeah. Knife Company. Support uh, support American businesses, yes. Or support Absolutely. local businesses, yes. Absolutely. Well, um, Sarah Rowe, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. I'm honored to be, when you asked me to be on this podcast, I was like, yes, yes, today, right now, let's do it. Absolutely. Um, for those who don't know who you are, um, could you give them a little intro to who you are? Yes. Um, my name is Sarah Rowe. I uh, was formerly a WWE superstar known as Sarah Logan. My name is just awesome. I guess I get to keep the first name. I've always just been Sarah. Um, and I was on SmackDown and Raw on TV. I played a bad guy on TV for a long time. Um <laughs> And uh, I'm an avid hunter, outdoorsman. Uh, I love helping, like, 
with conservation. I love spreading the word about hunting, like putting a good life behind it. I love supporting my fellow hunter. I don't like, I hate, we already have such a small community. Like let's not. Right. On each other. Don't you, don't you think that's probably the biggest cancer inside of hunting right now? Yeah. Like, um, I don't like, I love bow hunting. I love the art of bow hunting, but like, I'm not going to look down on you because you shoot a crossbow. Like, I'm not going to be like, Oh, that's not really bow hunting. Or like, and I would hope a traditional bow hunter doesn't look at me. It's like, that's not really bow hunting. Like, like I hunted bears in West Virginia and West Virginia bears are smaller. And I was having so much flack online about people being like, that's not a real, like you're shooting baby bears. Like you want to hunt a real bear, come to Canada. And I was like, first of all, country shut down, can't leave. Second of all, like go F yourself. Like, no, like that's, don't say that to me. And I, and I, like, I will never argue with someone online, but I'll educate a motherfucker real quick. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. no, actually the average size bear in West Virginia is like 130 pounds. Like my bear was very average and the, I had it on my shoulders. So people just automatically assume the bear was like 10 pounds because I'm a girl. You can't, like I used to throw people for a living. Like I can carry a bear on my shoulders. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Were you raised a hunter? Yes, but I am from like the Eastern Kentucky areas where my family's from and gender roles were a huge thing. Uh, My papa was a Baptist preacher and like gender roles were huge. And so I was allowed to like process the animal. I was allowed to help track, but I wasn't really allowed to go hunting with all the dudes, all the like my brothers and uncles and I was allowed to go hunting. And so I, like, my favorite part to this day, like, anyone in my area knows if they shoot a deer, like, call me, I'm coming to help track it. Like, that's my favorite part is tracking. And uh, so... It's so awesome, like, the detective work associated with uh, trying dude, to figure it all out, right? I went into labor tracking a deer. No, you didn't. Yes. I was nine months pregnant. There was two <laughs> feet of snow on the ground. Ray shot a buck in the backyard, and we tracked it for hours and then we were like all right uh like there was heavy snow like well it's cold like he's not going anywhere we're losing blood like let's just go back and we'll rendezvous in the morning but i went to labor at 1 a.m that morning so it's a crazy story so it like raised deer bedded down in snow and then it snowed an extra two feet and we found the deer a month later in perfect condition because it was underneath the snow we we really? had it taped out hanging in the it's hanging in the living room right now. Like its lips were like pulled back over its teeth and its eyeballs were like sunken in because like rigor mortis, but like as far as like the the like we weren't able to like do any of the meat, but it was perfectly preserved almost in the snow because it was right, just in right. the freezer. And we were uh, cash. We were home with cash, and he's a month old. And our neighbor calls us. Was like, "Hey, did you shoot a deer?" We're like, "Yeah, like a month ago." But it has a very like atypical kind of. It has like this uh, horn that or has this tine that kind of goes across, and it's like real flat. Like we got a bunch of camera pictures of him. We're like, "Holy crap, it's your deer!" And we like brought our son, month old, like for the yeah, yeah, it was this in the story. But yeah, I went to labor tracking that 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 deer. So let me ask this, being in the WWE, how long were you in the WWE? And not that you're technically out, out, you're on a hiatus, according to yeah. my Google stalking, you're on a hiatus. 
coming back, but when? Yeah, um, I worked there from, I think, 2016 till 2020. Okay. It's about four years. Uh, and NXT or WB has like different like tiers, like kind of like baseball. There's like AAA. Well, they have a, okay. a, a brand called NXT. It's kind of a lot bigger now than what it was, but I was in NXT, which is like they're like, uh, like division one. And then you caught up to the main roster, which is like prime time. And I was on the main roster for, uh, for like three years, uh, with the riot squad, which was my, uh, band of dastardly females that, Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of caused havoc. We rioted, if you will, uh, right. through the whole WWE universe. And um, it was a crazy experience. Like, during the rut, I was in Germany looking at trail cam photos of all the deer I was missing. So that was sweet one year. Me and Ray were like, oh, my God, this could be us right now. So how many – let me ask this because I'm always intrigued in these different communities. How many wrestlers – did you and Ray interact with that were hunters? Uh, not a lot. Um, Braun Strowman was a hunter. Uh, he, uh, like he, he owns like several properties that he hunted and was like setting up to hunt. Um, I think we're like slightly different hunters. Like, um, I'm more like I could hunt with a freaking rock and a stick if I was able, you know, I, mm-hmm. uh, I like the very like minimalist approach to hunting. Uh, Bron was like big, like I saw get the biggest gun and shoot the biggest thing, you know? Right. Uh, but, uh, uh, Lesnar was a big hunter. Uh, I know he owns ranches that he hunts out of. Um, but I was only female. I know of that, that hunted. Um, were there any conversations that, like you said, that that one reporter asked, "Ah, I hate hunting." Did you have opportunities to like, like your riot squad? Did they did they get it? Did they understand hunting? Yeah. So one of them was um, Liv was like a vegan vegetarian. Like she like you know dipped her toes in the water. Um, she's a recovering vegan as of now, um, <laughs> and uh, she they actually bought me a. So we used to like, my family didn't bow hunt. It was strictly like rifle hunting and trapping big, trapping's mm-hmm. big in, in Kentucky. Um, and they actually got my first, cr- they bought me a crossbow for my birthday. And I hunted, um, after my birthday, I hunted, uh, it was pre-rut. It was the only time I could get out for, and I shot a deer with the crossbow they bought me for our, me and Ray's wedding that we had. So we had the deer at the wedding and like Ruby was all for it. She was like, she was like, I don't think I could personally pull the trigger. She's like, but I think it's awesome that and she actually owns a property 10 minutes from me and she owns 60 acres and me and Ray, she's like the wizard y'all's like do what you want with it. Uh, Liv though, she had a problem eating the deer. She was like the fact that I bought you something that I know that you then she's like, it tastes too like fresh and wild. And like, she's like, I just, I could taste the feelings in it and all this stuff. So she, 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 I think she's eaten deer here before, but I think she doesn't really want a close personal relationship with her food, which a lot of people can't have and won't have. Like I have seven cows on my farm and like we breed the females and we butcher the, the bulls and the steers. Like, and people have a hard time wrapping their head around, like, how could you like, 
love and care for an animal and then you're going to kill it. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, like that's its purpose. That's why I bought it. Like I'm right. given to this animal every day. Cause one day I was like, it's not going to freeload at my farm. It's got to get back to me too. Like it's right, like right, right. everything has to have a job here. Like I don't just take care of something for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like one day my son's going to take care of me when I'm old. So like, I'm, you know, got to have a job here. <laughs> Do you, when you like you talked about that news reporter and they obviously had a misperception is food and meat one of the easiest entrances into sort of understanding why someone would hunt yeah i think people can relate to it more than any any other aspect of hunting is eating because everyone eats right and uh i understand people that are like vegetarians or vegans and then that's a whole different conversation i'm like why are you vegetarian or you vegan they're like well i don't like the meat industry i'm like yeah me either that's why i hunt my farm and they're like isn't oh, that's that a, like a mind-blowing thing right yes. that vegans and hunters are actually back to back from a purpose perspective are, are very similar yeah we're root for the same team we're just wearing different colors you know like it's it's very like I love talking to people who are vegetarians or vegans and, and they'll go back to like, well, like I think that we're just supposed to we're meant to eat vegetables and that's how we're healthy. And so I'm like, yeah, but I have animals that solely eat vegetables. And their stomachs are a lot different than ours. So let's talk about that. Why are our bodies built this way? I'm like, because we're omnivores, we have to eat meat. And it, my chickens are omnivores. If I put a bunch of vegetables and I put a bunch of meat, the chickens know that that meat is the most calorie dense food that there is. So it's going to be less effort for them to eat meat. And that's the same way with hunting. And I'm like, if I'm a hunter-gatherer and I have four hours, I'm probably going to spend that four hours getting something that's going to give me thousands of calories than those four hours taking something that's like berries or something that's going to give me very little calories. I'm like, I'm sorry, but fruits and vegetables are starvation foods. Like if you want mm-hmm. to eat them because like they're good, they taste good, like awesome. But if we want to talk about nutrition and we want to talk about something that's best for you personally – Meat is 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 the way. Animal products, like nose to tail, like that's there's no argument there, in my opinion. So, your perspective is is one that is well educated. It's clear based on what you've just said. The last five minutes, it's like, hmm, okay, she knows what she's saying. I try because I, I like to, I like to. Me and Ray are very passionate about like, kind of, I don't know if converting people is very like, yeah. you know, is <laughs> very uh, harsh, but like. If you hang out with me and Ray, like we are enablers. Like, oh, you like to hunt? We have a bunch of hunting gear. Let's get you set up at Woolgar right now. Oh, you're interested about this? Here's all the stuff you need to like make this your passion. Like, let us help you do something that we think is awesome. So I try to like have bullets in my gun with like how I can talk to people about because if I'm just like, you should eat meat because it tastes good, it makes me feel good. Like, people like, yeah, fucking. Sarah Rowe, you're blowing people's minds right now because I can guarantee that the perception that someone would have of a WWE wrestler is that I like to hunt, but when pushed about why someone hunts, I could almost make money on someone, the majority of people saying she has no idea why she hunts. I mean, that's like, it's, Especially because I have, like, I am from Kentucky. Like, I have a very, like, I ha- have an accent a lot of the times. Like, I'm very rough and tumble, you know. Like, and people just kind of 
expect me to say I hunt because my family hunted or I hunt because I like to kill things or I hunt because I like to shoot stuff. Like, I wouldn't be lying if I didn't say that there is a primal satisfaction I get when a deer walks up and or any animal walks up and I know I'm going to take its life. Like, that adrenaline rush is something that, like, can't be... I can't tell, I can't tell anyone about that. Right. You know, like I've, I've been, I've been at WrestleMania in the ring by myself in front of 80,000 people. And my heart beats more when I see a deer that I'm going to shoot because that. No way. WrestleMania. I remember growing up as a kid in South Africa and WrestleMania was the thing. Well, I, I, I agree that it's an amazing thing and I was excited, but the animal brain in me doesn't know what WrestleMania is. Mm-hmm. The animal brain in me knows what it feels like to hunt for food. You know, like I feel like like wrestling can only make you like so happy. Like I, the happiness I felt at WrestleMania is the same happiness I feel when I see my son. At, you know, like someone can only get so happy. You know, mm-hmm. like how mm-hmm. did you feel? Like I feel like you when you're happy. Like that's how I felt. <laughs> But hunting, like that primal, like that adrenaline rush and the and the dips, and then if you b- get a good shot on something, or if you get a bad shot on something, like that crash, like I feel like that's tapping into a part of us that like a lot of people have forgotten about. It's almost that part of you that, um, you know, people say, you know, you're not supposed to hunt anymore. This is a modern day society. You I'm have going to all the. Store. the- yeah. yeah, it's the conveniences of of meat and whatnot, and that's true. Let's be honest; it's true. You don't have to hunt anymore because of the convenience of life. Mm-hmm. However, to that primal component of what you just said, if we were thrown back into the woods and you were told survive, regardless of where you came from, Eastern Kentucky or Manhattan, mm-hmm. New York, again, I would make money on the fact that. At some point, you are going to become a hunter. Yeah, like if you watch that show alone, where people have to like outlast the other person, so they're there for fifty to hundred days or whatever. Everyone starts out like they're killing rabbits and they're trapping squirrels and they're eating little berries they find, or they're like, "Ooh, this moss is edible. I read it in a book." You get to day sixty, those people are like, "I need fat." Mm-hmm. I'm going to die if I don't get fat. I need to fish. I need to hunt a wolverine. Like, because mm-hmm. even if you get like a deer, like I couldn't just survive off deer. They're not fat mm-hmm. enough. I would have mm-hmm. to kill a groundhog or something that's like insulated, you know, with mm-hmm. fat. And I bring that up to people a lot who are like, I could survive off just vegetables. I'm like, okay, how many supplements are you taking? Like, like you need fat. You need animal fat. There's a re- like, when I first, I went strictly carnivore for a long time and I used to like fewer strips. I was like, I like the little piece of fat. Like it's a nice controlled piece of fat that I can decide how much fat goes into my mouth. And I remember cutting one and I'm cutting it and my brain's like, eat that. Like eat it. You need to eat it. And now like I, I can't get enough like chuck eyes or like rib eyes or right. the, the fatty cuts of meat and like the fat is something that we need to survive and not only survive, but like thrive, like, mm-hmm. like any of those shows. You're not on, you're still, are you still carnivore diet or? So I am more animal based now. Um, I, so I have very bad, this kind of tells me that I was born in the wrong freaking time. It's hard for me to eat 
anything that isn't just like fresh stuff. So I have something that's called like, I have like a histamine intolerance. So it's like allergies, but like, so I have like a bucket, right? And then like histamines are in like everything, almost everything you eat. And then like your body produces them to help you combat allergens or whatever. Right, right, right. My body doesn't break down histamines by itself very well. Okay. So if if I eat anything processed, if I eat anything that's uh, fermented, like if I eat sauerkraut, I'm mm-hmm. wrecked. My nose and like my face swells like it's 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 disgusting. But I am mostly animal based because I. It just so makes can me you feel drink better. beer? Oh, I can, but I'm I'll pay for it that night. Because like that's fermented, the, right? Yeah, like uh, any uh, like kefir, beer, alcohol. I love whiskey and scotch, and like I know when I drink it that like I'm like, man, I'm not. I'm gonna have to sleep in my back tonight, so my nose can like drain down my face. Like it's it's um it's gross and a serious problem that I struggle with all the time. But it goes to show me that like we are fed a bunch of garbage. And we're, all, mm-hmm. we're fed a bunch of stuff that, like, we're not meant and supposed to eat. And our body kind of attacks those things. And a lot of people can, when your body gets mad and attacks it, a lot of people can just digest the histamines and be fine. My body's like, no, Sarah, screw you. We're not supposed to eat this shit. And it makes me pay for it. So I have to eat, like, fresh fresh meat. I have to eat, like, even after watch how I, like how I cook rice. I, I can't like, I can't have sushi because rice is cooked in vinegar. I can't have vinegar. It's fermented a bunch of histamines in there. So I have wow. to cook rice in a Dutch oven cast iron and like put it in the stove. And even our rice cooker, it has, it gets mold in there. No matter how much you clean it, my body knows there's mold in there and I'll, my nose will get all freaking crazy. So I have, I'm drinking nettle tea right now. Crazy. My nose. So I want to go back to something you, um, you mentioned quite just lackadaisically, but it's something that obviously has changed in today's society. You said you were raised with gender roles. Mm-hmm. You're raised uh, that you are not supposed to hunt. Did your dad not take you hunting? I guess your mom didn't hunt either, right? No, and like um, it was it was mostly my mom's um, like my mom's family. Uh, that hunted there uh they were like farmers and and it was just a very like because of religion and because of uh just everyone kind of had the old way of doing things that like the the women were meant to stay inside cook do laundry make sure the house was good take care of babies and like i just wasn't drawn to that like i wanted to be outside like i remember um like have this whole like thing where it's like they're giving kids things to like stop their hormones because if they you know are eight nine years old and they want to be a boy or they want to be a girl and they're not they'll give them hormone blockers if you would ask me at eight or nine if i wanted to be a boy i'd be like yeah sure i can hunt i can play baseball i don't have to play softball yes i want to be a boy that sounds great and like it, it was it, like that like worries me as like a sure, I'm sure. a parent now you know like it yeah so gender roles were something I really had to overcome and I had to like be diligent about what I wanted to do because it wasn't like there for me to do I had to go out and make sure 
or like trying so to when did you it get in. to hunt for the first time um actually hunt like shoot something hunt that i wasn't just uh when i uh when i got married was the first time i like did everything just by myself like that i wasn't just there to help but i had to like take it kind of like i my dad uh was in um was near Kentucky and I was like, Hey, I want to hunt. Um, I lived in Florida at the time because of WB. He had a few acres out back. I'm like, Hey, can I come hunt? Cause oddly enough, I'm the only one in my family that still hunts now or hunts really? in any capacity. Like my dad will, but because he's coming to hunt, like, so I told my dad I wanted to hunt and he's like, Oh, I mean, I haven't done that forever. That sounds fun. He's like, I'll put a tree stand out back. And my dad said he, um, my dad's a Marine. Um, he fell down in the woods, set up the tree stands. He decided to do it by himself. And he said, I fell down and it hurt so bad, my eyes watered. I was like, crying. That's called crying. You were freaking crying. But it just <laughs> hurt so bad. My eyes sort of watered. It was the weirdest thing. You were crying. Admit it. Um, but me and my dad hunted like, like, I only had four days. And for some reason, I was like, if I don't get this deer, I feel like my wedding is like cursed. Like it's not gonna happen, and like or like something. I was like, I need this deer. Like this is like this sets the tone for my wedding, and I didn't see shit for three days. I even there was a big ice storm one morning, and I was like, I gotta go out there. Like I need to, mm-hmm. you know. And I climbed the tree stand with a spatula because there was ice on the stand, and I had to like scrape it off. So it was me with a spatula and a crossbow. <laughs> but the next day, I got a deer knowing now what i know now is probably because you know the weather was so crappy the day before nothing yeah, was moving yeah, yeah. and everything came out uh so i saw one buck shot that shot it and uh process because i knew how to do the processing i knew how to, i knew how to do the tracking i knew how to do the processing i knew how to break it down and wrap it up and cook it i just had never was able to be a part of actually like figuring taking it out the life so yeah, yeah. it was it was nice to kind of drive the ship and to kind of be like the only person in my family now that still hunts. So when, when did you get married? Uh, well, it's our three year anniversary on, um, so essentially on, you've only been hunting for three years. Yes. I've only been, yes. Killing. Yes. I've only been murdering for three years. Yes. I've only been killing for three years. It's weird because you honestly don't sound like someone who's hunted for three years, right? Or maybe you actually do. It's This is what's funny about the whole late adult onset hunter type syndrome is that when mm-hmm. someone does hunt late like you, you understand exactly why. It's like this thing that I've got to know. Like I've got to know exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I want to be able to, as you said, and the fact that you guys are enablers, <laughs> sort of overemphasizes that idea that I need to speak and I need to communicate and I need to educate people around this thing that I love. My uh, husband's also an adult onset hunter. Like I got him into hunting. Uh, Cause when I hunted for our wedding, he was like, I think it's really cool that like you're doing that. He's just never, you know, so the next year I bought him a crossbow for Christmas and we went out and sat and see anything. And then we bought this farm and uh, there's 30 acres of woods and we have an additional 50 acres at a friend's house. And um, he, we're very different hunters. He's a very like, 
like searches gear and like wants to like do all the mock scrapes and like set like set deer paths and like he's just all about doing all that stuff and I'm like I think that we just got to be in the right place at the right time right and I have started a no camo hunting initiative this year um and I you know what they say the what the best form of camo is right yeah be quiet shut up still and be quiet yes And I actually got Ray on it. I proved to him. I'm like, camo doesn't matter. I was like, the scent matters and moving matters. So That's like, it. we've been uh, and all these scent control stuff. Like he he's gotten like the ozone bags and like all. And I was like, I think this stinks. So I'm thinking the deer are gonna think this also stinks. Doug yeah, it. no, totally uh, agree. And I. And this year we were talking to this guy at, uh, we're, uh, part of this hunting lease in Southern Ohio. And he was like, I use smoke. He's like, I have a B, uh, yeah. bee smoker. Mm-hmm. He's like, I smoke my clothes before I go up and I shit you not. One, you smell amazing. I love the smell of, of, of smoke. And, uh, like I've had deer walk directly down one for me does which so you know they're really checking and not mm-hmm. even here that was like mm-hmm. holy crap because smoke is something they naturally smell yep. it's all the time yep. especially yep. like out here everyone's got wood burning stoves and everyone's like people always burn itself on the country and we can and yep. uh so that's the only form of like scent control that i use but and with doing that i can hunt in what i'm always wearing yep. like makes sense I have this sweater that's super warm. I wear it to the, my family's house and I'll come home and smoke it up. And me and Ray kind of try to smoke before we hunt. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> so have you given, you know, who you are and the audience you interact with and sort of touching the outdoor community, outdoor space, have you come across any issues being a female hunter? And doing the way, doing the things that you do? Um, so, being who I was in hunting was a big issue. Uh, not even, and eh, there's a female side to it. Because, like, me and Ray can both post a hunting photo. And mine is just people talking shit the whole time. Like, I, because for a long time, I didn't post a hunting photo. I, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I work for a very large company. Like, I don't. I, I just I just didn't didn't know about it. Like I I I was weird about it for a while, and then I posted a photo of me kneeling. All you see was the deer's butt and my bow. There was no gore, no blood, no nothing, whatever. And people still sh- freaking lost their minds. I lost ten thousand followers. Wowza! Boom! And I was like, and this isn't even. So I was like, screw it. And I just freaking went crazy. I was like, if they're going to get, I'm trying to be tasteful here. Yeah, exactly. Gonna, I was like, screw it. So I just posted like crazy. And I like, there's a photo, like I, in Southern Ohio, I tagged out in two days in Ohio. I was shooting two deer a day, like three days in a row. I was a freaking wizard that weekend. And I ended off with like the biggest buck ever. It was, it was like a weekend that I'll never have again. Uh, got it out of the way real early and uh i posted like i had them all hanging up on a tractor so i was letting them uh i was letting the blood drain out and i was like and i posted a photo in front i was like yeah and people 
so crazy. And uh, and Ray doesn't get that kind of plot. Interesting. Like, he, I, and like people on, this is as blunt as I can say it, people on social media feel like they can tell women what to do more than they can tell men what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm safer to talk shit to. Oh. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a weak, like my, like I'm a weak girl who doesn't have her own thoughts and who's easy manipulated. So like I'll post, I posted a, a status or a post or whatever about how children should be able to have boundaries. Like if my kid is uncomfortable with you and doesn't want to hug you, I'm not going to make my kid hug you. Kind of something like that. And so many male white dudes were so upset with that. They're like, you're going to make your kid a weirdo, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, like, you haven't seen all the girls I've seen that have been in an uncomfortable, like, sexual situation or, like, harassment type situation and just laugh their way out of it because they don't know how to establish their own boundaries. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not something I want a child of mine or a child around me to ever, mm-hmm. you know, have that ever come up. So there is a very, like, and female hunting clothes don't have pockets. I don't know what the freak's up with that. Like, yeah. I don't. Like, me and Ray have le- legitimately had, like, the girl and guy version of, of clothes. And his has five pounds more pockets than I do. I'm like, do you think I carry my purse to hunt? Like, no. No, like, you what? do. Don't you carry your purse into the woods? Yeah, yeah. I just, I just shove it all in my bra and go hunt. That's the <laughs> All our bras have pockets. Oh, my gosh. You're, you're right. There's, you, you're, you're hitting on things that I hear all the time. You know, I, we get females get more flack. Females are crybabies. Um, females, the camo camo clothing for females is terrible. And, yeah, and it's and, and like I have like a bigger back because I you know I Throw lose my back around. muscles. Yeah, and and it's just not something that like is like they're just built with like small arms and small and. Or if you get the size up, it's huge in other places. I'm like, and the sizing, like men's sizing is measurements. Like I'm a 30 by 32. Women don't have that. Like I can be a size eight at this end of the store and a size five at the other. Like it makes no sense. It's like baby clothes. I don't like know. I don't know what you're just, talking about. I have the, I get, you know, 33 by 34s, you know? It's, it's crazy. And I, I want to make a, a female uh, clothing line named Pockets, and it's just a bunch of clothes with pockets all over it. It's, it's needed. It's needed. There's a uh, <laughs> there's a, a brilliant there's a there's a brand that I really like out of Maine called Origins. I don't know if you've heard of them. Origins Maine. They are American made. Is it Jocko? Big it's on? Jocko's company, uh, but yes, Pete Roberts. Pete Roberts started. Uh, they've been talking to Kip Fulks. Kip is the guy who made Under Armour and sold mm-hmm. out of Under Armour. Mm-hmm. And Origins is about to start making um, camo gear. Um, but they're also working on their first set of uh, women's denims. So, With pockets. I, well, Pete's, wife, Pete's wife is um, in charge of... I guess demoing or you know testing out and making mm-hmm. sure it's all right. So um, I'm sure she'll be putting pockets yeah. in there. She'll like another part. Yeah, I have no doubt. So Sarah, um, I just want to say thank you, man. I, I you know it's it's always weird when you reach out to people that 
are big mainstreamers like yourself and um and you just say hey can we have a conversation about hunting that's a little gonna be you know when people listen to it they're like oh i didn't even know sarah rose was a hunter kind of deal you know <laughs> okay, yeah i get that a lot yeah but and, it's and awesome for you to be able to say things that you say thank you i appreciate it i i'm glad that this just is a podcast of like what was the biggest deer you shot? You know, like I, I enjoyed coming on. Like, that's why I wanted to do yours. I, I get like, I don't want to like chew my own horn or whatever. But I get, I'll ask a lot to do podcasts and I'm very picky about which ones I do. And I really wow. want to do this one because it, Thank you. it gives off the right message. And it's not, it's like a lot of people who are trying to get into hunting and they're like, how, how can I get in? Like, what should I? I'm like, find a local hunter. If you can't find a local hunter, watch Meat Eater on Netflix. It will put it, it. It's what got Ray to hunt. I was like, it will put a different light on hunting that you probably have never thought of or never heard of. Mm-hmm. I was no, like, Stephen Media have done a great job. Yeah, it's it's it shines a great light on hunting, which I and like the earlier seasons, like it's just it's I I, I love it. So I I tell people could, to watch that all the time. Could not agree with you more. Could not agree with you more. Well, you are certainly an amazing ambassador for us, an ambassador for hunting. Um, thank you for being so educated about it. Because that's no, that's critical. You, you laugh about it, but it's not. It's it's what's needed. You know. Should you guys get Ray on here? He was an, an English major in college. Like he he can talk his way out anything. I haven't I'm ready. read my stuff. He's 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 good. I'm ready. Tell him to get with his talent agency. He's supposed to be getting with his talent agency to say, give me a, fact, a green light. He in fact did. He's waiting to hear back. We just talked. We went to the uh, went to Western Stakes today, and we were talking about that. I was like, we gotta get back. Gotta do this thing. That's so. right. Tell him I need the green light. Just say, look, there's this South African. He just he's a really easy <laughs> talker. Cool. Yeah, cool. exactly. All right, cool. go. Thank you, Sarah. Rowe. Oh, of course. Thank you, guys. Had a great time. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.